Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. All right. Um, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Um, my name is the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the uh, Senior Fantasy Football Analyst of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And, um, oh, man, I don't know how to process all of it. The winning, the losing of what has happened literally in the last 72 hours. It's been 72 hours. I know it's Christmas. I I know it's Christmas. We're going to get to Christmas in a minute, but uh I'm going to I'm going to share um the the true blue thrills of victory and the agonies of fantasy football defeat. So I lost in the finals of the Howard Stern Fantasy Football League to Mushmouth J.D. Harmeyer. Um, fantasy football is a very unpredictable, fantastic, 
fan experience. I lost 184.8 to 180.5. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. We put the best guys out on the field. Our guy, our workhorse, Philip Lindsay. He he got injured. Philip Lindsay got injured in the at the end of the third quarter. Philip Lindsay is the rookie for the Denver Broncos. But 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 let me explain. I I won the the money league by one half of a point. You know, I mentioned my money league with Joe Button and Ja Rule and uh, some Rocka, Rockefeller music industry peoples, Rockefeller Records music, music industry peoples. And I won that league 149.75 to 149.7, and it was because Philip Lindsay got injured. The guy that I was playing against had Philip Lindsay. I had Philip Lindsay in the Stern Show League. I needed Philip Lindsay to score more than 12 points in the Stern Show League to catch up to Mushmouth JD Harmeyer. And Philip Lind- it was be- it was basically Sophie's choice. It came down to Sophie's choice. It's do you truly do you truly Mike Rap do it for the money? Or the honey. And and I had to really dig deep in my soul today. And I said, I want Philip Lindsay to go off. If that means me losing in my money league, so be it. Because my essence of playing fantasy football is the fucking honey. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. And I, I encapsulated both things moments ago. Literally moments ago. I, I, I don't know whether to celebrate or to cry, uh, uh, to hide in, a, in, in my closet or to scream in the streets. I lost to mush fucking mouth J.D. Harmeyer in the Stern Show League. And I want to explain something. I, I The team, Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop, a.k.a. That thing's big, a.k.a. A History of Violence. We only lost two games this year. Two fucking games. We put all the all the right guys out on the field. I want to personally thank Deshaun Watson. You are you are a god. You're a fucking beast. You made me take my clothes off in in public. I took my shirt off at around eleven thirty during the middle of the day in a sports bar in Brentwood, California. You could. You could get arrested for that. I literally could have got arrested. The man was fantastic. Philip Lindsay was great all season. Nick Chubb, all you guys. I I, I don't want to name any names and leave anybody out. Stefan Diggs, all of you. And it isn't just me. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast Think Tank. But to win in the Money League and to lose in the Stern Show League... Again, in the finals is a, it's a very hard pill to fucking swallow. Because JD, uh, the guy that I lost who can't form a fucking sentence without drooling on himself and fogging his own glasses up. Now, now l- let me tell you something. Those guys in that league are all laughing at me right now. All of them. <laughs> 
They're not even going to get their fucking names mentioned on this podcast. The commissioner of that league, dirty, dusty elephant, Jason Kaplan, he allowed a shit trade that I, I, I talked about to him directly. I taunted him about six, eight weeks ago. I said, this is collusion. This is bullshit. And that piece of shit was involved with the trade. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. I, I, I want to thank all my guys for playing hard all season. We, 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 we hang our, our head high. There's no shame. Juju Smith-Schuster, anytime I see you, free dinner. Dinner on me. Sony Michelle, dinner on me. Lamar Jackson, dinner on me. Christian, the good Christian McCaffrey. Sundays are made for the good Christian. The motherfucker scored 30 points on Sunday without scoring a touchdown. Sundays are made for that good Christian McCaffrey. He's a great man and a great Christian. Um, I need to get it together for this podcast, but it's official. It's official. Um, on Christmas Eve 2018, Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. Uh, ooh, that thing's big, a.k.a. Uh, make it stop, make it stop, a.k.a. A History of Violence has lost in the Howard Stern Fantasy Football League. I came in second place, um, but won my money league. I need to take some mood stabilizers to get myself together here. Um, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. We call this a cold opening. I'm going to uh, start the show uh, effective immediately. Uh, I just need to give you a little uh, a little preview and wish you all a Merry Christmas. Um, and uh, I'm just going to just... Drink some coffee and, and and get my shit together here. I need to, to drink a coffee, uh, even though it's late at night. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. My name is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a brand new Christmas edition of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. On today's episode, LeBron James is talking crazy on the yard. Kevin Spacey is about to get touched for real on the yard, and the UFC is suddenly, out of nowhere, unexpectedly coming to the Los Angeles Forum December 29th, and I will be there ringside. All that and more on a merry, 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 merry Christmas. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles, Jordan, let me get something real nice, something real proper, and get this puppy started. Bowl season is here. It's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Do not be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives, your friends sit around watching the game and making money. Not this year when there are a record 41 college bowl games to bet on, including the national championship on January 7th. It is really the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to sports and when it comes to sports betting. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up today at my 
bookie. They pay fast when you win. The ownership there really cares about fantastic customer service. And they have the best, the craziest, the easiest prop bets. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to win money during the bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them. I use them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now. Join today. And my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a real nice and real proper bankroll for bowl season. They've also got NBA and NFL bet lines and props. Use the promo code Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. When you deposit to activate the offer, that's Rappaport at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to MyBookie.ag now. Do not forget to use the promo code Rappaport. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It is a Christmas day. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Merry Christmas to all. I am bringing Christmas cheer, not Christmas fear. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope, I'm sure, I hope everybody's having a fantastic Christmas day. A safe holiday with your family, with your friends, by yourself. Do not feel pressure to follow all of the rules and regulations of what is expected on Christmas. If you want to hang out by yourself, hang out by yourself. If you want to hang out with your friends, do that. If you want to hang out with just your, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever the fuck you're into, your dog, do that also. Do that also. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the break. Hope everybody can let their hair down and their nuts hang. My name is Michael Rappaport, and this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. So, yes, um, as you heard in the opening, fantasy football was it was very emotional. It was very emotional, but it is time to move forward one step. At a time. And we do that. We dust ourselves off. We celebrate the wins. We contemplate the losses. I hope everybody. Well, I know some people out there won and I know some people out there lost. It's just the fucking nature of competitive fantasy football. Okay? I wish everybody could win. I literally was thinking that. I was like, I wish, I wish all the listeners. Wish all the fans of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I wish everybody that seeked out advice from the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast think tank could win. It just, it'll never work out that way. Enough with fantasy football. What can I say? Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, the 26th, I will be on Fox Sports Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. And then I will be on The Herd. And I believe Colin Coward will have a guest host filling in. I'm not sure. But if you are listening to this on the 26th, I will be on there recapping all NBA. As Christmas Day, they call that the they call it the 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 start of the NBA for some people. They call it the start of the regular season for the layman fan. Um with a bunch of games on slate. Um the Warriors. 
playing LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, the inconsistent Los Angeles Lakers being the highlight of the day. But there's so many different games all day. And in all honesty, um, throughout the, the highs and lows of fantasy football, I'm kind of relieved because there's just a couple of weeks, two more weeks of regular season NFL. And now I can focus on just those regular seasons of NFL heading into the NFL playoffs and my sweet, sweet spot being the NBA. All my attention, all my energy can be focused on just being a fan and shit talker of all things NBA because I am tapped out of fantasy football discussions and advice and fandom. And it was crazy as a fan of UFC to find out that the next UFC fight, which is it, what is it? They always put these fucking numbers. UFC 233, 234, what the fuck is it? UFC, listen, we don't fact check at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, but the John Jones, Gustafsson, whatever the fuck his name is, he's Swedish, the rematch of that was supposed to take place in Vegas this coming Saturday, the 29th, in Vegas. And then for reasons that are unclear, um, it is being moved to Los Angeles, to the Forum. Guess who's going to be there ringside? Me. 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 I'm going to see that shit. Um, and I'm going to get into the the, the, the reasons, because it's not uh, uh, unapparent uh, why um, this fight has been moved. It's something with John Jones, who's got a long fucking history of drug, performance-enhancing, crazy shit. But to talk about the fight first, um, when they fought the last time, Alexander Gustafsson, who's, I'm pretty sure he's Swedish, um, and he's got a Drago sort of look to him, sort of a Swedish Drago, good-looking guy, blonde, tall, um, John Jones. They fought about two years ago, and I thought it was going to be just an easy fight. Just John Jones was at the height of all his powers, and I remember talking shit like, yo, John Jones is going to fuck up Swedish Drago. I was wrong. And I think everybody was wrong because Swedish Drago, a.k.a. Gustafsson, and John Jones threw the fuck down. They threw the fuck down for five rounds. And it was back and forth. And Jones was in deep, deep shit. And Gustafsson was tough. And he was in deep, deep, deep shit. And John Jones has gotten suspended and fucking all sorts of legal troubles. He's bugged out. He's wild. But he's a great fighter. He's an exciting fighter. And he was sort of the golden boy of UFC uh, for a while. And then I don't know what his deal is off the, off the, oh, out of the ring or the octagon as they call it. But he's now like the dark cloud of the UFC because he got... Suspended for, I think, a year or six months. Listen, this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We don't fact check anything. Not a fucking thing will get fact checked at the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I might say he got suspended for six months. He maybe got suspended for 12 months. I might say he got suspended for 12 months. He got a, could have gotten suspended for nine months. I don't fucking know. I know he got suspended for performance, enhancing drugs. He was supposed to fight Daniel Cormier. And if you don't listen, if you don't follow UFC, that's fine. Nonetheless, 
Nonetheless, after, you know, I'm coming back, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm this, that, and the other. The other day, two days ago, on Sunday, on NFL Sunday, there's announcement that the John Jones fight will now be held in Los Angeles because Vegas won't sanction the fight because there's been more evidence of John Jones using performance enhancement drugs this week, the other day. Third-party scientists and doctors and this, that, and the other have all been brought in. Some are saying that uh, Jones, uh, this is from an old test. I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist. I have no fucking clue how this works. And people are saying, how can you support this? Me, Dingo, they're saying to me, how could you support this? How can you uh, go see this? Me. I'm saying, listen, the motherfucker says he's not on drugs. He brought in a, a third-party tester said he's not on drugs. Brought in a fourth-party tester say he's not on drugs. It's in L.A. I'm going to see these motherfuckers throw down because that fight the last time was literally, literally one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. They were thumping. They were thumping. This dude, Gustafsson, is no joke. John Jones said he didn't prepare for the fight. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to see that motherfucking fight. I will be there ringside Saturday night for UFC 232. Boxing is a fucking joke. UFC has got a lot of fucking problems. A lot of fucking problems. But I'm a fan. And I got the hookup. I'm going. I will be talking shit. I will be live tweeting. I will be live Instagramming. I will be there ringside. Shout out to my man Dana White for holding me down. Um, and I can't wait. I love UFC Live. I was at the fights in New York City at Madison Square Garden, which I detailed uh, on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. And I will be detailing my firsthand account of being at these fights. Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, is fighting Nunez. Um, I've grown to become a fan of women UFC because it's very technical. Um, I used to be just totally freaked out by it, but it's very technical. Nunez is, is the fighter from Brazil who beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey, put her into retirement. Uh, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, she's from Brazil. She's a motherfucker. Um, they're both from Brazil. Um, I have to say I have to go with Cyborg. She just looks bigger, and I don't think she's ever lost. And I met her in real life. She, she, ain't, she ain't fucking around. She, she ain't fucking around. But I'll be there. I don't give a fuck, okay? I don't give a fuck about, uh, about the rules. And I, I, I mean, hopefully I'll, it, it's a, uh, a fair fight. I don't like motherfuckers using steroids and all that shit. Um, but I will be there. I cannot wait. I cannot wait till the Saturday, uh, Saturday the 29th at the fabulous Forum of L.A. The home of the original Showtime. The Los Angeles Lakers, Magic Johnson, Kareem, all that. Early Shaq, early Kobe was all at the Fabulous Forum. Uh, they revamped the joint, um, and I've been there since, and I cannot wait for uh, UFC Saturday night on the 29th. I will be there, and John Jones and Gustafson are going to be throwing Dizown for the Crizown. In real-life NFL Action news. Um, what, a, what? I mean, what a fucking weekend in real. Russell Wilson, Russell the love muscle, 
sick. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, sick. Antonio Brown, even though you fucking ruined me in fantasy football. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, 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 and somehow, some way, I think Antonio Brown is still underrated. The, the, the motherfucker had a touchdown called back against him, and then the next play, literally the next play, a touchdown thrown to him. So you know he's going to get the ball, yet you still can't stop him. He was wide open. I don't remember how many touchdowns or what number touchdown it was of the game, but I was like, is this not practice? This isn't uh, uh, summer, summertime practice. This is not HBO Hard Knocks where they're running routes in slow motion. This is an actual game, and you you know he's going to get the ball, but you can't stop him. Um, Baker Mayfield is very, 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 very good. He was throwing some shit versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, as Miles Davis uh, and, and Jordan Winter uh, were saying, Aaron Rodgers is... Ish. Some of those throws running out of the pocket. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is another one. Sick versus the Jets. And he's out there smiling with nice teeth and no mouthpiece. The whole game. He loves that shit. It's like when you hear him say it, it's like it sounds like a cliche, but these motherfuckers love to compete. Uh Baker Mayfield's out there talking shit during the Browns game versus. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Hugh Jackson, the whole story, la, la, la. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who is really good and who is the the golden child of Cleveland right now, I, I just have to ask the question, if he, uh, if Cam Newton behaved the way Baker Mayfield behaved in his rookie season, if rookie Cam Newton was taunting a former coach and rookie Cam Newton was doing all that shit that Baker Mayfield is doing in his rookie season, how would it be taken? If Lamar Jackson was doing that shit this year, how would it be taken? How would it be taken uh, if Deshaun Watson did that last year? Um, people, oh, you're race baiting. No, raising the fucking question because Cam Newton, uh, Baker Mayfield is like the bell of the ball. It's all funny. It's great when he dances. He's lit. He's hyped up. But when black players do it, it's looked at as arrogant. It's looked at as taunting. With Baker Mayfield, it's like funny and endearing. Uh, if that's race baiting, see, race baiting is only race baiting for people that are uncomfortable talking about race. There's so much reality in race stuff. And the sooner everyone starts acknowledging it, the better. All of us have issues with race. Black, not exempt. White, not exempt. Spanish, Jews, Asians, we all have issues with people of different race, colors, and creeds. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. We all have stereotypes. There's all preconceived notions. And the sooner you acknowledge it, the better. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging the shit and discussing the shit. But to try to act like it doesn't exist. Give me a fucking break. If that's race baiting to you, I don't know what to tell you, sugar tits. And I say sugar tits to the guys. I am saying sugar tits to the gentlemen listening because they're the ones who get bent out of shape. And the fact of the matter is, 
is that the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast uh, sometimes could be sausage soup. There are women listening. There are a lot of women listening, but we are predominantly a male-based uh, fan. The Rapper Pack uh, has women's. We have the rap- Rapper Dykes. We have the Rapper Chicks. We have uh, uh, plenty of female supporters, but there are a lot of dudes listening, uh, uh, a.k.a. Sausage Soup. We never want to talk about race until something happens with race. And fuck, Saturday night, Saturday night fever. Saturday night racial fever. Saturday night. Woo! They dropped a bomb. I don't know who the fuck dropped that shit. Uh, But this audio clip, video audio clip, which we'll play here, surfaced. I don't know who put it out or who was digging in the crates for this shit. It was Ricky Gervais, comedian, Jerry Seinfeld, comedian, Chris Rock, needs no introduction, comedian, Louis C.K., needs no introduction, comedian. Um, And they, all four of these motherfuckers were trending on Twitter. And if you didn't see the clip, Miles Jordan, please play the clip right now. Play the whole thing. It's about uh, 60 seconds. Uh, he's the blackest white guy I well, fucking know. And I'm, and then all the, the negative things we think about black people, this fucker. You're saying I'm a nigger. Yes, you are the niggerous fucking white man <laughs> I have ever. Oh, amazing. I, I don't think he, he could do that. Oh, what? Uh, I don't oh. think he has those There's qualities. There's only two. I, I mean... That no, you don't even understand. Really? You don't You don't really know him. Like, I've worked with him. No, like you're a bit no. about... Uh, no. I wouldn't use it anywhere. No, exactly. These two... These two we say nigger on stage. On stage. <laughs> you guys don't. That's... A, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, interesting that's the two teams that's here. That's the difference <laughs> between... Like, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We, we say nigger on stage, you guys ways, don't. But that's definitely a pairing. Who, who we says say, nigger on stage? We don't. Well, you just you, did. Yeah, That's right. He, uh, yeah. Okay. You and me say no, nigger no, in not, private. No, no. These, two guys, <laughs> <laughs> these two guys don't. I don't believe he says it in private. I'm much. giving it up just because it's played. I don't believe it's... <laughs> yeah. I don't think you've ever said it probably in your life. No, I don't never. Think, no. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge difference between you and me, I think. Well, you've, I've said you've found the humor of it. Yeah. I haven't found it. Right. Do Nor do I seek it. So that shit happened. And that wasn't just audio. We played you just the audio because, of course, this is the Iron Rap or Stereo podcast. It is an audio media, uh, medium. You don't see me. You hear me. Um, so Louis C.K., who's been laying a dormant for the last, I don't know, 15 months, is probably like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ, just when I thought I was out of the dark, this shit pops up. Uh, Chris Rock was taking a lot of heat because he's sitting there uh, laughing and giggling, letting uh, Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais say the N-word. Jerry Seinfeld's like, you ain't getting me, bitch. You're not getting me. Um, I know Jerry Seinfeld slept like a baby. I know Louis C.K. was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Just when I thought I was out of the fucking woods, here I am. Um, and Ricky Gervais, I don't know, listen... It's comedians, comedians, and these guys are friends. Uh, sometimes people say things in the comfort of friends. Um, they were obviously very comfortable with each other. They've hung around each other. They've known each other for years. I have no fucking clue. Uh, uh, but it was a, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of shit talk and a lot of opinions about it. Of course, Jamel Hill chimed in. She chimes in on everything. 
uh, everything and anything. I like Jamil Hill, but she, I'm picking my nose. I'll be honest. That's why that sounded funny like that. Um, I, I, I like Jamel Hill, but she is on that Twitter, like hard body karate. Like she's on that shit 24 seven, but people were, 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 had a lot to say about that. Um, that exchange between those four great comedians. Uh, people also had a lot of shit to say about LeBron blames. Uh, two things, his HBO show, the shop, which I liked in the beginning, and it's still good. The guests are just fucking fantastic. But I, I don't, I don't understand what what LeBron James is trying to do with the show, The Shop. Is this like some sort of like personal diary? Like you're like, well, when I'm amongst friends, I'm this way, but when I'm like playing in the NBA, I'm I'm another way. Because all the fucking and n word this and fucking this and fucking that. At first, it was shocking. Now it's like Duke. We get it. You curse. You're a regular person. You're from Akron. You're the king of Akron. You're like, what's your deal, money? And why do you have 19 guests every episode of The Shop? And it's a half hour long. This last episode, I think he had Cube, Nas, Mary J. Blige, Jimmy Kimmel, and somebody else. Like, the rest of them get three words in. Three words in. LeBron does all his talking. His homeboy does all the talking. And there's always like a, a, a slight, if there's a white dude on there, like the, there's always like a, uh, you know, like a little joke from his man, Maverick Carter. He's a cornball. There's always like a joke. Uh, oh, you're the first white dude to get their hair cut at the shop. It's not a real barbershop, Duke. Stop acting like this is a real barbershop. It's a, it's a set. Them barbers ain't really cutting hair, money. Maverick Carter. Um, and LeBron James said on that show, on the on the last episode of, of – uh, the shop, he said, and I, I don't quote directly, but I, I sort of quote. He said, the NFL owners are like slave owners. Uh, the NFL team owners are like slave owners. They have that old school slave mentality. It's a bunch of old white dudes. And, you know, and a lot of what he was saying went on to say is true about like, you know, black people, how we push the culture. We're the players, all that stuff. I agree with all that shit. But, but the question that I, I have is like, if the owners of the NFL teams were, were black people, Asian people, uh, Spanish people, do you think it's not a business? Would, would, would you treat the players differently? Would you, would you treat the Josh Gordons differently? Would you treat the Greg Hardys differently? I think, obviously, the Kaepernick situation will be historically uh, uh, dealt with. But, but in terms of like the players' behavior, players holding out, LeBron James, are you just going to be like, are you, if you own a basketball team, which inevitably I think LeBron James will own a basketball team, and a player wants more money and his contract says you get $20 million a year, and the player wants $25 million a year, and LeBron James, you're a black owner, are you going to just pay him? Because you're you're cool and you you understand his struggle more. No, he says twenty million dollars a year. Contract says twenty million dollars a year. He wants twenty five million dollars a year. What you gonna do, LeBron? You gonna give him five million dollars of your personal money? I get what he's saying. Of course, some of these mother Jerry Jones he sounds crazy with that twang shit. He sounds like he's on some Django Unchained shit. But to make it seem like inevitably there will be a more diversity in the ownership. Do, 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 well, well, does that mean you'll be more compassionate? A contract is a contract. A deal's a fucking deal. The players are going to always be majority black. When there's black owners, what are you going to do? 
LeBron James is a businessman. He's got all his fucking movie, movie uh, production companies and all this stuff. People say they want more money. What are you going to do? Fire them. That's what the fuck you're going to do. So don't front like you're, you, 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 know, you have some secret sauce. Um, and stop having 19 guests on your show, Duke. Because no one's, you and your homeboy Maverick, just why don't you have the show with you and your guy Maverick Carter? Because the guests don't get to say shit. They're not the one dropping jewels. You're the only one who's getting ready to talk each week. Another thing that happened with uh, LeBron Blames, he was on his Instagram account uh, quoting a song by 21 Savage, who I've never heard any songs from. I, I couldn't pick a 21 Savage song from a Takashi 6ix9ine song to a Migos song to any of them dudes. I don't know any of their music. To a motherfucking Travis Scott song. None of that shit. It all sounds the same to me. And I'm a hip-hop aficionado. All that shit sounds the same to me. Yeah. bitches. Gucci gang. Gucci gang. Fendi. Gucci slippers. Fendi. Chanel bags, bitch. That's how that shit all sounds to me. But he quoted a lyric by 21 Savage saying something about we've been getting that Jewish money. Everything is kosher. Uh, people are all up in arms about that. I don't have a problem with that. The thing that I have a problem with is, is the stereotypes. Are Jews cheap? Are we cheap? Or do we have endless supplies of money, all of us? I want to get this stereotype cleared once and for all. Are we cheap? Where do we get all our money from? Have we just inherited it? Did we stash it away during the Holocaust? Up our assholes? Were we stuffing gold bouillons up our ass? This stereotype that all Jews are rich and that Jewish money, this is just not fucking true. Sorry. Yes, there's wealthy Jews. And there's a lot of working class, non-wealthy Jews out there. And do we tip or do we not tip? That's, that's another stereotype. Jews don't tip or Jews over tip. I just want to get it clear. But more importantly, where did all the money come from? Where do, where do we get all our money? Where, where did it all, uh, where do we generate it from? And where is it all generating from now? And did, did, did the Jews run Hollywood? That's what I want to know. I'm out here in Hollywood. These are stereotypes. They say the Jews run Hollywood. I just can't say that I necessarily... Agree with that from my first-hand experience. That's just, just me. That's just me. Um, I don't give a fuck about that. him, him quoting. LeBron's always quoting uh, rap lyrics and shit. I don't give a fuck. Um, I have no problem with it at all. I just want to know where the stereotype started from. Because it seems that this is like a, fal a falsity. That Jews all have gold bunions stuffed up their ass and we we're, we're hiding it for, for for the great depression of the new millennium I am Elliot Spitzer you know who Elliot Spitzer is Elliot Spitzer the former governor is gotta go down as one of the wildest cowboys ever. He, he's been caught up in all sorts of sexual shit, cheating, and 
My man was freaking off. And he, he's he's a wild dude. But it came out uh, a, a few days ago that Elliot Spitzer had a, a Russian girlfriend prostitute. Uh, she's she's nice looking. I saw a picture of her. She uh she's nice. If you're uh, gonna dip and dip and dive into uh, Russian prostitutes, uh, Elliot Spitzer's got good taste. But this motherfucker is, is wild for the night. She said, "Now listen, we don't know if this is true, but based on his history and his track record, I have to say that I would assume this is true." Elliot Spitzer used to sneak. His, uh, his jump off, his Russian escort, his mistress, his prostitute, into his Fifth Avenue crib in a suitcase when his wife was away. I- I- I'm going to say it again. My man put the girl in a suitcase and rolled her into the crib and rolled her out of the crib. And I just got to say, yo, Elliot Spister, yo, you're, you're a really about that life. You are really, really, truly about that life. Like you're, yo, you're a, yo, I like how you get down. Like if you're going to get down for the crown, you're really doing it, Elliot. Obviously, um, she was paid for play. Okay. And, 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 and that's part of the pay for play industry. Uh, some people said this is a sleazeball tactic. It's pay for play. It's pay for play. I, I, I don't call it sleazeball. If, you, if you're dibbling and dabbling with hookers and shit, this is, this is, this is the kind of things you go through. This is what you do uh, uh, to, to, to get it popping. But I never heard of no shit like that. I never heard of nobody sneaking anybody in in a carry-on bag. But Elliot Spitzer is about that life. I am Rappaport Podcast. It's been brought up again. Should Scott Disick, you know, Scott Disick, who uh, has kids with Khloe Kardashian? Is it Khloe Kardashian? No, not Kylie. Not Khloe. Uh, not Kendall. Fuck. Whatever the fucking one he has two kids with. Uh, not Khloe, not Kyle. The nice one, who I think doesn't have any uh, body enhancements. Um, Scott Disick who is uh, dating uh, Lionel Richie's daughter, Sophia Richie, who uh, uh, is, I know she's just a model, a pretty model chick whose father's famous, uh, was on vacation with Kourtney Kardashian. That's who it is. Kourtney Kardashian and Sophia Richie. And, and for the last few years, people are saying, is, is Scott Disick uh, a stick man? And I have to say, he's on his way. And, and obviously, I don't think Courtney Kardashian and him were freaking off on vacation. But I like how he, he, he's creating this little stable over here. Like, yo, you guys could get along. We're not with each other anymore. She's cool. You're cool. We're on vacation. It's for the kids. I like, I like how you're doing it, Scott. I like how you're doing it because that's, that's what it's about. That's essentially what being a, a great stick man is about. You know, it's not about uh, numbers. It's not about being an irresponsible scumbag. It really is about keeping things classy. And if you're able to get your ex-wife, or I don't think they were ever married, uh, uh, and you, you, you know your, your, your baby mama who you're not with anymore, and your new 19-year-old chick, 
to go on vacation and everybody's getting along. Dizik, I fucks with you. I like that. That's not an easy accomplishment. That is not, I could never get my motherfucking ex-wife and my new wife, new wife on vacation, nor would I want to. Nor the fuck would I want to. I don't get down like that with, with, with my situation. But Dizik, respect. Respect. Doesn't get you into the Stickman Hall of Fame, but we got our eyes on you, my man. Um, Kevin Spacey is buck fucking wild. Um, we know he's been accused of many uh, 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 different things. He's gay. I don't think he's come out and said he's gay, or maybe he did come out and say he's gay 30 years after everyone in Hollywood knowing he's gay. But Kevin Spacey is, is absolutely positively gay. And I, and I understand, you know, he came into show business as an actor, a very versatile actor, playing all sorts of characters. Um, the majority, I don't know if he's ever even played a gay character. And I, I get the stigma, and he's of an age and comes from a time where just saying you're gay isn't easy. That doesn't excuse the fact that my man was fucking with young kids, boys, making making passes at young kids and boys. There's been rumors about him doing wild shit that I've heard for years in massage parlors. And I'm not talking about little massage parlors and back alleys. I'm talking about like Burke Williams, upper end, you know, up upper upper echelon massage massage parlors in Beverly Hills. You'd hear, yo, he got banned from this place. Oh, he got banned from Burke Williams. These things have been known in show business. You're in there getting a massage. You pull out your pipe, pull out your loaf, Kevin Spacey. You're chasing around the massage therapist who, who's a dude. You're butt-ass naked. You're trying to fuck the massage dude. The massage dude's just trying to give you a shiatsu massage. He ain't trying to do all that. He's not trying to do all that. He's trying to do his job, get a good tip, and get the fuck out of there. Why are you chasing him around the little room? The fuck is wrong with you, Kevin Spacey? But now he's actually been charged. Kevin Spacey has actually been charged with sexually assaulting an 18-year-old, the son of some Boston newsman, and it's about to get really fucking real for Kevin Spacey for really real. It's about to get really fucking really real for him. And the wild shit is, for some reason... The same day that he uh, found out or that it publicly was brought to uh, uh, the forefront that he's getting charged with sexual assault, he put out a a tweet, a YouTube video of him in character from the Netflix show that I believe he produced. He definitely like was, you know, in there from Jump Street, co-created whatever, House of Cards, which I liked. He put out a, a, a video of him in character, not an outtake. He tweeted it out like a full monologue that he probably produced, shot, and wrote on his own, talking crazy. Um, he, it's, it, it's in character, but it's, uh, it's fucking weird. Okay, it's in weird. You're not on the show anymore, my man. They fired you, Duke. You, you're not Frank from House of Cards anymore. You got cut. They cut you, bro. And there ain't no D-League. There ain't no G-League. And there ain't no minor league. They cut you. They fired your ass because you, you're a freak. You're a fucking freak. Chasing people around the massage parlor. Uh, Miles, play a little bit of this clip of Kevin Spacey bugging the fuck out here. I know what you want. 
Oh, sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong. It's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. So we're not done, no matter what anyone says. And besides, I know what you want. You want me back. Of course, some believed everything and had just been waiting with bated breath to hear me confess it all. They're just dying to have me declare that everything said is true and that I got what I deserved. Wouldn't that be easy if it was all so simple? Only you and I both know it's never that simple, not in politics and not in life. But you wouldn't believe the worst without evidence, would you? You wouldn't rush to judgments without facts, would you? Did you? No, not you. You're smarter than that. Anyway, all this presumption made for such an unsatisfying ending. And to think it could have been such a memorable send-off. I mean, if you and I have learned nothing else these past years, it's that in life and art, nothing should be off the table. We weren't afraid, not of what we said, not of what we did, and we're still not afraid. Because I can promise you this. If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. Oh, of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules like I ever played by anyone's rules before. I never did, and you loved it. Anyhow, despite all the poppycock, the animosity, the headlines, the impeachment without a trial, despite everything, despite even my own death, I feel surprisingly good. And my confidence grows each day that soon enough you will know the full truth. Wait a minute. Now that I think of it, you never actually saw me die, did you? Conclusions can be so deceiving. Miss me? So that's Kevin Spacey, uh, who got fired from House of Cards playing the character from House of Cards, uh, uh, and towing the line. He's towing the fucking line. Kevin, you should have came out as gay 30 years ago. You should have came out as gay when they asked you point blank on 60 Minutes 20 years ago. You didn't want to do it. You got secrets. I understand that. Leave the little kids alone. Leave the underage boys alone. They don't want to fuck with you, Duke. You nasty motherfucker. You got a glue-on wig. All right, your your hair, your whole hair piece is glued on, snapped on. Maybe you might have the old school shit with the buttons where you snap it on. But he could actually wind up in jail. How fucking nuts would that be if Kevin Spacey winds up in jail for sexual assault? You know what that means? Fan or no fan, somebody's going to touch him. They're gonna touch him real nice. Real proper, a.k.a. Wonder Bread Bag and Olive Oil Treatment.
one sick fuck. I didn't talk about this. It's been all over the internet. So last week, uh, a high school kid in Jersey, a high school wrestler, black kid, um, was forced to cut his dreadlocks by the referee of a wrestling match, a high school wrestler from Buena Regional in New Jersey. This kid was about to wrestle. The the referee said, "You can't referee. You can't wrestle with dreadlocks." And they were either going to forfeit the match or he had to cut his dreadlocks right there, right then. The young kid, obviously a black kid, uh, let his coaches cut his hair, his dreads, right there on the spot. He went out there, wrestled, won the the match. Um, Didn't seem happy about winning. Um, No parents, no coaches, no principals interfered. The whole thing happened. I'm sure everybody feels terrible about it. Um, but the person who is most responsible is the referee who's a piece of shit. Some are saying that you're supposed to wear a hair cap, a hair net. I have no idea. I just know making a 17-year-old boy cut his hair, his dreads on the spot like that is humiliating. It's fucking humiliating. It's demeaning. And some... Adults should have stepped in and slowed the whole process down. Um, a lot of discussion has been made about it. The referee who uh, made him cut his dreadlocks has been banned from refereeing wrestling matches. Good, you sick fuck you. You animal, you. You dog, you. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, Okay. Uh, Again, I'm wishing everybody a safe, safe, safe holiday season. Drive safe. Do not drink and drive. So many terrible things happen over the holidays because people are tired. They're drinking. They're relaxed. They're excited. They're whatever they are. Be careful, please, including myself. Um, Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time alone. Do not be forced into following the, 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 the regular rules and fake regulations of Christmas and New Year's. If you want to chill out and watch a movie, chill out and watch a movie. One, one movie I'll say don't go see, The Mule, directed by Clint Eastwood. I just watched it. It's trash. There's, there's better episodes of bad episodes of Law & Order SVU than that movie. Movie's trash. Slow, it's stereotypical, and it goes nowhere, and it's long. It's whack. But do your thing. Uh, Have a safe, safe holiday. Have a great new year. We'll be back uh, with the next episode of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. You know what time of year it is. Sick fuck of the year 2018 will be announced soon. Um, Miles Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, something real proper. My name is the Gringo Mandingo. Merry motherfucking Christmas.